Well, welcome to God Talk again. This is Pastor Dan with uh, God Talk, and we're starting a new message today on why so much suffering. We just have to wrestle with these things in light of what's going on all over the world. Every day, the numbers are just staggering. We went from 1,000 cases to 60,000 cases to 20,000 people dying and uh, no end in sight. So where does it mean and what? Uh, how shall we interpret God's character and all of this? We're not going to solve it all in uh, three or four short sessions, but maybe we can say a few things. So let's just have a little quick word of prayer as we start this little series. Dear Father in heaven, I pray that this will be honest, it'll be real, it'll be biblical, it'll be truthful to your character, and uh, maybe be a blessing to somebody who has had questions about this subject. It's a question probably pastors get more than anything else. Because we believe in a big, powerful God, and uh, we want to see power, and we want to see healing and miracles, and we wish suffering would go away, especially now. And uh, it's not all happening, and we still believe in you, we love you, we worship you, and uh, we live in your presence today, but we'd like to wrestle with some of these things. So bless us as we study, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know in your life what you have seen, but obviously you pastor 45 years. Uh, I have seen a lot. <laughs> and while I have not pastored in a war zone or, you know, I have not been in Syria, I have not done some of that. I've been to some terrible places. I've been to the Cambodian uh, Terrible Museum downtown Phnom Penh. I've been to the museum in uh, Ho Chi Minh City in southern Vietnam. I've been in the John McCain prison up in Hanoi. I've been to Bridget the River Kwai in Thailand where thousands died. I've been to Dachau, the camp in Germany. But just in the day-to-day -day pastoring, you know, I've had six people with breast cancer at the same time in my church. I had a mother and a daughter have breast cancer at the same time. I have seen things. I've been taken to ER rooms and shown things that I don't want to have see ever again in my mind. You can't get the picture out. I've had babies die, one of two twins die, people we've prayed for, and it's all horrific. And we have questions. I've asked a thousand times in audiences all over the world. 3,000 people died in 9-11, planes crashing into our buildings. A few months later, another plane lands on a river in the same city, in New York City, and 150 people walk away without any problem. Did God choose that? God chose some to live and some to die. Is that what God is like? I have a family. I've done probably almost every wedding and every funeral for them for the last 20 plus years. And uh, this one sister of the four children uh, had cancer. I've been with her. She was sure God had healed her. She had cancer once and felt like God had healed her. We had worship and Bible studies together and then she got cancer again. She lived in Egypt. Her parents went back over to Egypt. They were from Iraq. Originally cared for that girl girl. No, she was in her 40s or 50s. Then they had to come back to the States because the youngest daughter was getting married. I did the wedding. And while they were on the airplane flying from Egypt to the U.S. for their daughter's wedding, the daughter they'd been caring for for two years died. What do you do with that? The family had to split because the funeral has to be right away. That's our custom. So half the family had to fly to Egypt to be part of that funeral and half the family stayed here for the wedding. The table I sat at had empty chairs and the reception because people were gone. Did God choose that time? If God's choosing the time, he's got to choose the day that had the sisters getting married. Bill Hybels, the famous preacher from Willow Creek, wrote a book called Holy Discontent based on the story of Moses when he, what he felt when he saw the uh, Egyptian killing the Jew. 
and he was filled with holy discontent. He said, this is wrong, this can't happen. And he did something about it and, and killed that Egyptian. And uh, it's tempting to say to God, you want us to have holy discontent. You want us to do something when we see something that's wrong that shouldn't be happening. Why don't you? You have more power than we do. You see more. You step in. Why leave it to Mother Teresa and all the rest of us to try to do your work? Why don't you do something? I've been in the Christian cemetery in Calcutta a few weeks ago. It's interesting because they were, it was cheap to build a monument. So here these, you know, average soldiers could have a monument with their name on it. But if you lived two rainy season monsoons, you did well. I mean, people died, children died, families died, and they died young. It's horrific to read those descriptions. Where's God? I had one man become a quadriplegic in my church. The next day, another one of my members became a paraplegic. They had to move the quadriplegic to make room for the paraplegic. I visited two of my members who both had the halo of screws screwed into their cranium in the same unit in the same hospital at the same time. It's horrifying. And they're still that way today. What would it take for God to do a little miracle, a little tiny gap in a spinal column? He could make them well, walk again, make their life so much easier. Someone with cancer, one little chromosome damage somewhere, someplace, God could fix it. Lottery, how many people have called me and said, Pastor Dan, if you'll just let uh, help God pray, I'll win the lottery. I'll give all the money to the church, Pastor Dan. Why doesn't it happen more like that? So the classic question, what we call theodicy, why, if God is a good God, doesn't he use more power? So either he is powerful but not good, or he's good but not powerful. How can God be both? Why doesn't he at least stop children from being hurt, animals from being hurt, little girls from being abused? How can God sit up in heaven and just watch this stuff and he never sleeps? Our story comes from Daniel chapter 3. You know the story. He, uh, The three friends are there. And uh, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar says, you're going to bow down when I play the music. If you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And if you're Daniel and his friends, uh, they would say, uh, God, take us away from this. <laughs> we didn't ask for this. You brought us out of Jerusalem here. Now, God, you take us away from this fire. Or he could say, God, uh, take the fire away. So it's a pretty classic question about how does God deal with suffering and the music plays and they refuse to bow down and the king offers to give them a second chance and they say in Daniel 3:17, if we are thrown into the furnace the God we serve is able to save us from it whether it does a miracle or not they are saying clearly our God is able Rabbi Krishna said God uh, must not be able so they wanted to keep God's goodness. So he gave up God's power when his son died at nine years old from progeria, which makes you old. We can't do that. Daniel's friend said, no, our God is able. The problem is not that God can't put out the fire or God can't take us away from the fire or God can't find some solution. God can. He has all the power in the world. He created the universe. He has power. Our God is able. We sing the song, he's able. He has the same power that he's had all along.
And uh, so they said, God made the walls come tumbling down for Jericho, and he made axe heads come to the top, and he made Naaman's leprosy go away. Our God is able. So they're not giving it up. Our God is able. Well, we've come to the end for today. I hope I got uh, you curious enough to come back and we'll carry on the story of Daniel 3. And I'm going to do what I call the big five, the big five anchor point doctrines we have to believe as we try to make sense out of God and evil and what's going on. Yes, we believe God is good all the time. We'll try to get to the bottom of it. So we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great day. May you have a sense that God is with you everywhere you go. And he will be with us, and he is with us, and he feels with us. This is God Talk. We'll see you tomorrow.